Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, Be Free family. How are you this evening? I am absolutely wonderful, and I am so excited that you have joined me on tonight for another week of teaching. It is amazing the ministry that God has given Be Free in order to share the word of Jesus Christ, to share the love of Jesus Christ, to share encouragement in Jesus Christ. It is such a privilege and an honor to come into your home, into your office, into your car, wherever you may be listening to us right now. It is such an honor, a privilege, I count it, to be able to share the word of God with you. And so I'm going to get right into the word. Before I do, let me pray. God, I thank you for this day, Father. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you that the sun is shining bright on the outside. God, I thank you, God, that you are in control, that you make no mistakes, that you are God and God alone, that you are the one true and living God, and I honor you for that, and I thank you for that right now. God, and I pray right now a special blessing on the people in Florida and the Caribbean and in the Latin American countries who have experienced devastation because of Hurricane Irma, Father God, I thank you, Father God, for all the organizations that are raising money to help the families that have been affected by this hurricane. God, I thank you that more money is pouring in, that more supplies is pouring in, Father God, that you are making ways out of no way, that you are allowing rescue and help to get to the individuals who are still stuck in Florida and without power and without some of the basic necessities. God, I thank you that help is on the way, that help is getting to them soon, Father God. And I will not forget about those who have been affected by, um, oh, goodness, our last hurricane um, in Texas that hit Texas, Father God. I can't think of the name of it right now. God, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, the hurricane that, that hit Florida, Father God. I pray um, that you will, was it Helen? I pray that you will minister to those people, minister to the families that have been affected by that storm that are still not able to um, get back into their homes because flood floodwaters have not receded or have gotten back, but damage is so great. They're staying in a shelter, Father God. I pray for them, for the supplies, for money to come pouring in in an even greater way to meet the needs of the people in Texas, Father God, and in Georgia, Father God, and any other locations that have been affected by these few hurricanes, these two hurricanes that have hit our country. God, you you alone are God, and I, I thank you that you're watching over each individual, that you're walk, watching over each family, Father God, that you are making ways out of no ways, that you're opening doors, Father God, that you're providing for these families. God, I thank you for it, that you're making ways for provision to come forth, and I honor you for it, Lord, Lord God, in Jesus' name. You know, I had one of my students ask me, you know, about does God cause natural disasters? Honestly, I didn't even know how to answer that, God. I don't believe that you're the cause, but I know that you oversee all things, Father God. So I know that you're watching out for us and that you are still taking care of us, even in the midst of turmoil and even in the midst of devastation. You're still in control and you're still looking out for us. And I thank you for that right now, Father God. In Jesus' name, God, I welcome you into this teaching. I pray that you have your way. Father God, I pray that you will speak through me, Lord God. I pray that the word will minister to every hearer. 
that is listening at this time. Lord God, open up our hearts to receive, our, our, our mind to be open, Father God, to be transformed, our ears receptive to hear, Father God, and our, our spirit ready to take it in and minister that word to us. God, I thank you. I love you and I honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight we will teach about take heart, take heart. God, there's so much going on in our world today, and God wants us to take heart. We have these hurricanes that have swept through our nation, but God wants us to take heart. We have a president that has not been consistent in showing um, favor to all Americans, but God is calling for us to take heart. We have a president who has lied about some things, but God is calling for us to take heart. Yes, God is calling for us to take heart, even in the midst of the turmoil that we are experiencing currently through these natural disasters. God is taking us, uh, encouraging us to take heart as we are experiencing individual issues in our lives, as we're experiencing family problems. God is designing, calling for us, admonishing for us to take heart. So that is our teaching on tonight, Take Heart. Again, we are going forth in acrostic, a poem that takes one letter out of a word or phrase and attaches another word to it. So that's what we're doing tonight with heart. So our H is help. According to dictionary.com, help means to give or provide what is necessary to accomplish a task or satisfy a need, to contribute strength or means to, to tender assist to render, excuse me, assistance to, to cooperate effectively with, to aid or assist. This particular help that God is speaking and take heart is for us to receive help. Not necessarily for us to give it at this time because we've talked about giving help in our B series, but God is specifically asking for us, admonishing for us to take help. You know, I've been working since I was 17. I took my first job at 17, yes. And I worked, you know, two summers and then went off to college. And I've just been working ever since, you know, I've been working ever since. And so because I worked at such an early age, I independence was established within me. So I started, you know, making my own money, buying things for myself, taking care of myself. I have been doing so for many, many years now. And I honestly have still struggle sometimes with receiving help from people. I still struggle from receiving what I need or allowing someone else to contribute strength or assistance to me because I'm so independent. I'm so used to doing things on my own, so used to making my own decisions, so used to just taking care of whatever needs to be taken care of. That's just who I am. That's, I've been doing it for so long. And even before I started working, I'm the oldest of three siblings in a single-parent home. So sometimes when my mom worked and my grandparents weren't able to take care of my siblings, I was at home watching them while mom was at work. And so even getting, uh, like, that in charge, being in charge, you know, even at an earlier age than 17, and so having that having that independence, having that um, authority to be, you know, to, to kind of rule over what was going on or watch over my siblings and 
you know, at dinner time sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, and making sure they do their homework sometimes, not all the time. But just taking care of them while mom was at work, um, I've just been in charge for a very long time. And so, again, receiving help at one time, I thought it was a weakness. So I was like, I don't need no help from you. I got this. Like, what are you trying to say? I can't take care of this myself. You know, I saw it as a weakness. But but thankfully, God has ministered to me that it's okay to receive help. Like, it's okay to receive some assistance from someone else. It's okay to allow someone someone else to do things for me. Like, it's okay. <laughs> You are not an island unto yourself. You can receive some help, some aid from other people. And so if you're like me, used to being in charge, used to being in control, used to running things, used to being take, having a, you know, a take charge attitude and took charge and got things done and organized well, then God is speaking to me and you on tonight admonishing us that we need help. And it's okay. It's not a weakness to receive help from other people. Amen. Amen. And so the scripture that the Lord gave me is Psalms 121. Y'all know the song. Um, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which, which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade. Yes. Upon thy right hand, the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from from this time forth and even forevermore. So God is our help. God is our strength. God is our protector. God is our keeper. Yes, 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 he is. Yes, 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 he is. But sometimes God sends other people to be our help. Sometimes God will put people in our path to protect us. Sometimes God will put people in our path to be our shadow or to be our shade. He will do that for us because he loves us that much, and he wants us to have healthy connections with people. He wants us to have healthy relationships with people. So sometimes that help may come directly from God, directly from the throne room. For example, you're about to get in a car accident, but somehow your car gets pushed over. That was the Lord pushing your car over. But sometimes God sends a physical help through an individual. Say you need some some, some extra money, you know, to pay the light bill or the extra money to put with your rent, God will send somebody to give you a holy handshake, and that's the assistance that God is rendering unto you. So so we, again, just need to receive help in whatever form it comes, we need to receive it. From a man, from a woman, from a child, from an African-American, a Latino, an Asian, a, a white a person, wherever that help is coming from, God is admonishing for us to take heart and receive the help. Amen. Amen. So our E is exception. Exception means not conforming to the general rule, opposition of opinion. 
In other words, there are rules that, well, let me, let me take out the other words and say there are rules established in the earth. We have rules for speeding. You're only, you're only supposed to go to speed limit. That's posted on the speed limit sign. We have rules for people who commit crimes. We have rules on our job. We have rules when we're out and about in the world. You know, I mentioned the speed limit. We have rules about littering. You should not be littering. We have rules about taking care of children. You know, you're not to abuse children or uh, neglect children or or traffic individuals, like human trafficking, which could involve children or it could involve men or women. There are rules and guidelines that have been established in our world to keep order, right, to keep order. We have guidelines for getting a loan. You have to have a certain, you know, um, credit score. There's just guidelines and rules for every aspect of our lives. But sometimes, sometimes God will make us the exception to the rule. Going back to the loan example, you're trying to buy a house. The the mortgage that you're or the yeah the the loan that you're applying for, you know, could be several loans. Everybody wants you to have a seven hundred or above, seven hundred, seven twenty five, seven fifty. But your score is only six twenty five. Let me tell you something. If God wants you to have that house, your your credit score could be a two. But if God has ordained for you to have that house, God will make a way for you to have that house. He will break the rules, uh, set the guidelines aside. You will be the exception to the rule, and you will have. That house, you could be, it could be a promotion on your job, and and maybe your your the people on your job, um, the supervisory people on your job, the supervisor, the boss, the coordinator, um, could be prejudiced, and you know they're prejudiced. You enjoy your job, but you know your supervisor prejudiced, and the promotion comes up in your department or even in your school. You know you have a prejudiced principal, and and you know that they're gonna just hire somebody white. You know. But God is saying, no, you're going to be the exception to this rule because I want my African-American daughter in this position, or I want my Latino son in this position, or I want my Asian daughter in this position, or I want my um, uh, uh, Afghani- Afghanistan or Muslim brother in this position. So God will make an exception to the rule to accomplish his will upon the earth. He will break the rules. The established guidelines on the earth, he will break the rules in order for his will to be accomplished. You better know it. I have had some rules broken for me. You know, I'm an African-American woman, and, you know, African-Americans in general, a lot of, still a lot of prejudice going on in our world. And then as a woman, there's prejudices against women. A lot of people said they didn't, and I ain't going to say a lot. Some people said they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because they didn't want a woman leading the country. Forget her qualifications. They just didn't want a woman leading the country. So I have two prejudices against me, an African-American and then being a woman. But And there are unwritten guidelines that have been set against women in particular. Men make more than women. And that's in any area, whether it's a movie and you're making millions of dollars or whether it's in education and you're making a little bit of dollars. Women make well, education is different. Let me let me cut out education because education, state employees, we have a base salary. So so scratch the education part. But in other businesses and corporations, men make more than women. Most corporations, most businesses, men they're valued more than women. But you can be that woman making ten times, five times, two times more than that man because you would be a, an exception to that unwritten rule. So, yeah, there are rules and guidelines to follow, but God is saying for our ease in heart, 
is that we are the exception to the rule, and we re- we should receive being the exception to the rule. We should not be surprised when God moves on our behalf supernaturally. We should not be surprised when miracles take place in our lives because, again, we are the exception to the rule. I, I quote this scripture all the time. I'm going to quote it again tonight, First Peter 2 and 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who, bought, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are unique, man of God, woman of God. You are varied, man of God, woman of God. You are spectacular, woman of God, man of God. And God wants you to know that you are the exception to the rules of life when it comes to his will being accomplished upon the earth. Your skin tone won't matter. Your gender won't matter. God is in control. And when God wants his will to be accomplished, he's going to move heaven and earth for it to be accomplished. He's going to, to, to set that path in order or yeah, set that path in order and allow you to walk down that path, even though it wasn't meant for you according to man or according to the world's way of doing things. It, you weren't supposed to walk down that, that road. You weren't supposed to be a professor as an African-American. You weren't supposed to go to college if you lived in the, in the projects. You weren't supposed to be a scientist that people are hanging on your every word because you're just so brilliant. You weren't supposed to be that as an African-American man. You weren't supposed to be a CEO as a Latino woman. You know, there are exceptions going on every single day. So God is basically saying no limit, no limit. The glass ceiling is broken. The sky is the limit. There are no limits in Christ Jesus. So we, again, as E in heart, we're the exception to the rule. Also, um, Luke 1 and 37, I did not write this scripture down, but let me see if I can find it for you quickly. Luke 1 and 37, and then I'm going to go on because, as always, it seems like my time, I get so caught up in one thing sometimes, and my time leaves me quickly. But Luke 1 and 37, it says, for nothing will be impossible with God. So when there are limitations, when there are uh, impossibilities with God, nothing shall be impossible. Let me tell you, because possibilities are limitless when it comes to God. You are the exception to the rule. So you go back and you study Luke 1 and 37. I may have said 27, but Luke 1 and 37, and let that minister to you. A, assurance. So this is good. So according to dictionary.com, assurance is a positive declaration intended to give confidence. God is commissioning us for is commissioning us to receive the positive words of affirmation that people speak to us. Sometimes when someone says, oh, my gosh, you spoke so eloquently, or, oh, my goodness, that was a powerful word, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, well, praise God, well, thank the Lord. Yes, that is the right response. But it is okay for us to accept compliments. It is okay for us to accept positive um uh, encouragement. It's okay for us to accept positive words of affirmation <laughs> and then to accept encouragement and um, and admonishment. Those things are okay for us to receive. <coughs> 
It's not that we're being prideful when we receive it. We're just acknowledging that, yes, God has given me the ability to speak eloquently. Yes, God gave me that idea and allowed me to share it. Yes, God gave me that word and allowed me to share it. Yes, God gave me this witty invention, and now it's blessing many people. Yes, God did it. And so it allows us, when we accept positive affirmations, when we accept words of encouragement, it allows us to acknowledge what God is doing in our lives because we know it's not us. It's the Spirit of God working through us. And so when we receive those words, it is allowing the Spirit of God to be to be uh, um to be uh, to expand within us to be to be large or be it or expand within us because we're giving God the glory even in the midst of accepting that positive word of affirmation or those words of encouragement we are acknowledging that God you did this through me and I want to say thank you and so receive that assurance receive those positive words of declaration spoken to you and over you receive those things in confidence assurance is also full confidence freedom from doubt certainty self-confidence belief in one's abilities it is okay for us to acknowledge what we're good at for us to acknowledge our strength for us to acknowledge the gifts that the Lord has placed within us. I am good at administration. You give me an idea or you give me a theme and you want to produce like a party or some type of event, I will organize that thing down to a T, let me tell you. I am good at organizing. I am good at administration. I enjoy, and it's something that I really enjoy, and God has gifted me in that, and I don't mind bragging about it because I give God the glory. It's not I'm bragging or trying to be prideful or boastful, but I know that that's an, a gifting, an area that God has given me to minister to his people. I'm good at it. I'm good at writing. I love writing, and it's something that the Lord has allowed me to be good at. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, this is what I'm good at. This is a strength for me. I'm an excellent teacher. Yes, I said excellent because God has given me the gifting, the pulpit office to teach his word, to share his word, to illuminate the gospel so that others can receive and understand that is what I've been given, the gifts that I've been given, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm confident, and I'm certain, and I am free in the fact that I, or free from doubt and worry, and confident in the fact that I am this person that organizes well. I am this person that teaches well. I am this person that, that um, what was my other, that writes well. I, that's who I am. So I'm assured in that. I'm confident in that. I am secure in that. Amen. And so God is calling for you to be secure, for you to be self-confident in the gifts and the abilities that he has placed within you and make no apology for it. If you have a strength, you go forth in that strength in Jesus' name. Don't let anybody make you feel bad for being strong in an area. Don't make any, don't let anybody diminish you for being a strong, for being strong in an area. Don't let anybody try to tear you down for being strong in that area, you go forth in full assurance that this is who God has called me to be. This is the talent that God has placed within me. This is the ability that God has given me. This is the gift that God has placed within me, and I'm going to go forth in it with everything that is within me. Amen? So take heart. Take confidence. Take courage in that. Amen? Amen? And so now we get to, to the R in heart. God wants us to rest. There's a time for everything. 
And God is saying rest. It is a time for us to rest. Sometimes rest means that you're just laying there, you're receiving from the Lord, you're being re-energized, you're being restored, you're being made made whole again, made new again. And sometimes rest can involve some activity. Amen. Amen. So the scripture that we have for rest is Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 1 through 3a, the first part of verse 3. So God's promise of entering his rest still stands. This is the New Living Translation. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Like We should be really afraid that people won't be able to enter into this rest that God has promised us. You know, not that we are, are are in fear. God has given us a spirit of fear, but it should concern us. That's a better way to put it. Thank you, Lord. It should greatly concern us that not everybody will enter into this rest. Let's read a little further. For this is good news, that God has prepared this rest. This, the good news has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter this rest. So everybody hears about the rest or will hear about the rest before their life, you know, before um, either their life is, is ends or before Jesus comes back. Everybody will know about this rest. Uh, because it's in the good news of Jesus Christ that we will all hear the gospel before Jesus returns or before, you know, our life ends. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it, again, should concern us that not everyone will be able to enter into this rest of God. So there is a place of rest where we can be confident in God's will and his plan working in our lives. We can be at rest that even those storms, of life come, knock us down, beat us down, near about cause us to want to go back to the world, tsunamis, hurricanes, tornadoes come in our lives, whether it's through, you know, personal issues, still dealing with stuff from our past, could be marriage situations, it could be some things going on with our children, perhaps bullying, or they're hooked on drugs, or, um, just are angry, whatever the case may be, the storms of life come. But when we have that rest in Jesus, we are confident that everything is going to be all right. We are confident that God is working everything for the good of us who love the Lord. We can be confident that we are safe in the arms of Jesus that we are resting in the arms of Jesus. We do that through our faith. Our faith gives us the power to rest in Jesus. It gives us the power to rest on the promises of God. Our faith gives us the power to rest in the word of God. Hallelujah. Regardless of what comes our way, unemployment, you know, being fired, sickness, Death, whatever comes our way, when we trust God's word, we can rest in the promises, in the principles of his word. So God is wanting us to 
take advantage of that spiritual rest, but he also wants us to have a natural rest. I don't know if you know anybody or people who, who they just can't say no. Every time someone asks them to do something, they say yes. Every time someone asks them to go somewhere, they say yes. Every time somebody asks them to help, they say yes. And they're just on the go, on the go, on the go, helping everybody, doing this, doing that, just on the go, just moving, just doing something all the time. Well, God is saying it's a time for us to say no because it's okay to tell people no. Yep, it's okay. It's, it's, if they may be upset about it, but it's okay to say no sometimes. And so sometimes we just have to say no. We just have to say I'm unavailable. I already have plans. Or just simply say no without offering an explanation. That's okay, too. God wants us to rest. He wants us to be refueled, re-energized, restored, so that we're always in optimum condition for us for him to use us in the way that he wants to use us. Amen. Can, you, can't, you can't cut meat with a dull knife. It has to be sharp. <laughs> and we can't do the will of God if we're tired and beat down. So God is saying rest. Amen. And so our T for heart is time. When I looked up looked up time in, uh, on dictionary.com, there was like over 40 definitions. I think I finally got to the 60s in definitions about time. But time, has again, has so many definitions. definitions. It could be our 24-hour time. It could be, you know, the time we go to work, a set amount of time. So time has various definitions, and I, I shortened it. I didn't base this on dictionary.com. I just based this on what I know about time. So it could be like a period of time in history, like the Civil Rights Movement was a period of time in history. The Cuban Revolution was a, a period uh, was a time period in history. World War One, World War Two, uh, all of those periods of uh, time in history. It could be a specified amount of time, like our work schedule. Most people work eight hours a day. I work 7.5 hours a day. And so it could, so a specified amount of time is something um, like like a work, like your work day is a specified, it's a set amount of time for something to be accomplished. And you really shouldn't go over that time or go under that time. Specified amount of time is a time that you should stick with. For example, for my school and I had to do an observation and it had to be an hour you know, and I had to stick within the hour time frame. And time could also be a prescribed amount of time, like a two-hour movie that we go to or a three-hour church service. You know, the the time may be set, but if you go over or go under, it's okay because it's just a prescribed, it's like an estimated amount of time. And so God is saying in Ephesians 3 and 1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. We need to be mindful of how we spend our time. We need to be mindful about who we give our time to and what we give our time to. I spend too much time watching TV. I do. And sometimes I'll have the TV on and I'm doing other work. I'm like cleaning or washing dishes or I'm working on a story or working on homework, you know, the TV's on. 
I very rarely just lay back and watch a movie. You know, if I do that, that's just like a rare occasion, you know, but, but I still am mindful that I do spend a lot of time watching TV. And so for me, that's something that I'll need to work on. What do you spend time doing? Do you spend time hanging out with your friends when you should be at home with your family? Do you spend a lot of time out, um, you know, with maybe somebody other than your spouse? Do you spend time with everybody but your children? You know, what do you spend time doing? We need to be mindful of how we're spending our time. We need to make sure that our time is used wisely and that it is productive. We're being productive citizens in this world and productive citizens of God's kingdom. So being mindful about how we spend our time and who we're spending our time with. Are we spending time with our family? You know, are we spending time with people who will build us up, who will encourage us? Or do we spend time with negative people or people that will bring us down or people who don't have a good thing to say about anybody or anything? So we need to be mindful about how we're spending our time, and we need to be mindful about who we're spending our time with. Take inventory. Take a day or a week, or a couple of days, and just write down what you're doing. How are you spending your time? Don't change your routine. Just write down how you're spending your time. It will bring, I, I did that some years ago. It will bring some insight and some revelation to what's going on in your life. Amen. Amen. So God is calling for us to take heart. Help, exception, assurance, rest, and time. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's always a pleasure to share the word of God with you. Look, if you are in the Raleigh-Durham area, I encourage you to join us for our pocketbook exchange. It's October 7th at 10 a.m. at the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences. They have an exhibit entitled Race. Are we so different? That is our meeting for the Pocketbook Exchange this year, 10 a.m. at the Museum of Natural Sciences. But if you're coming, you need to let me know so that I can reserve your ticket because while the exhibit is free, we need a ticket to get in. So go to our website at BeFreeMinistriesNC.Weebly.com, click the tag Race, and it will give you all the information that you need to know to register for our pocketbook exchange. Immediately following our tour of the exhibit, we will eat in one of the cafes on the campus. So bring you some money to eat, and we'll talk about the exhibit, and we'll also exchange purses during our lunchtime. So if you want to participate in that part, check out the website, and you'll find more information there. So like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ministries. And see, we look forward to sharing the word with you next week at 6 o'clock p.m. Amen. Amen. Look, and if nobody has told you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off.